Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Living and Breathing Technology podcast. You're about to join Amina Agarwal as she captures and shares unedited stories of tech professionals as they reflect on the past, foresee the future, and discuss what they would like to change for a better tomorrow. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever. Welcome to Living and Breathing Technology. On this show, we talk about life away from technology. Your passions, your interests, hobbies, or any initiatives that you're working on. I remember a quote which said, Empowered women, empower women. And today, we will be talking to one such woman who empowered the other to progress in her career. Let's welcome Jessly and Christine to our show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, Jessly, just to start start the things and kick the things off, I'd like to ask you about your home country. Where did you grew up and how did it look like as growing up in this and that country? Absolutely. Well, I am from Nicaragua. Uh, this is in a small country in Central America. We are right next to Costa Rica. It is a very hot and tropical country. And I was raised in a middle class family, but in a developing country. So I feel that this had a heavy impact on my view of life. Um, to me, living in a poor country was also an advantage because not only forced me to push harder, but also makes me more appreciative um, of, of all the opportunities that I have in all my surroundings. It's great to hear from that you're from Nicaragua, but how are the people, how's the culture in Nicaragua? I will say that everyone is very friendly. Um, we are always like um, trying to help each other. Um, there is a lot of poverty in the country. Um, so people you know, like a work, um, finding a job, it can be hard. Um, making your way can be hard, especially if you're a woman. Um, we're still, we still believe over there that maybe that, that the guy is the head of the family. It's changing slowly, um, but the people is really nice. Everybody's really nice. And um, something that I love about my country, it's, uh, um, it's naturally beautiful. There is like all, like we have mountains and we have volcanoes. And we have uh, beautiful beaches and sand. And um, there is like this place where I met my husband. We used to live and you will have the beach on the front, but you have a jungle on your back. And that's uh, really beautiful. Oh, that's amazing. And I can see a jungle, a sea um, beach uh, just in your background. So I think it gives you that vibe of being on a tropical island so that's amazing <laughs> i would love to go to nicaragua sometime and uh, just to have that um have the you know view of that jungle in the background and have your own sort of um zone private zone so that's yeah. really nice so how what is your family made up of and how many brothers and sisters are you I have four siblings, but I was only raised with two of them due to my parents being divorced. As I mentioned previously, I come from a middle-class family. So my mother 
used to work in sales and also as a radio host. She held two jobs. Um, as many single parents, she has to deal with the stress and all the pressure, um, but she never complained. And she was always um, on top of us. There was always food on the table. She always prioritized our education and she made sure that we all went to college. Um, so I had so much admiration for her. I can just thank her enough for her great example. And I feel that everything that I am today, I owe it to her. Oh, that's that's so heartwarming. And definitely as we grow up, we have someone in our family who is whom we get influenced from. Um, and I'm sure that we as women always get influenced and inspired by our mothers because they have been working hard, not only at home, but outside as well. Um, and yeah, so mothers are always um, a form of nature. And so while you were grow growing up and um, of course with your family and brothers and sisters did you have a sort of formal education absolutely yeah i went to high school but you know and and then um i i went to college and that was always a dream and that was the the you know the the goal for us as a family, I remember my mom was very serious about this. It's uh, it is a privilege, a privilege to be able to hold this kind of education. And she told me once, you only have four years to finish this career. Like if you, you know, like fail a class, I don't know what are you gonna do. But I am not paying more than four years of college. You know, so it was. Uh, it is not like here in US that usually you. Um, make a loan and then you pay your college over time in my country it's usually the parents who pay but also education is not as expensive as here um but it's still a lot you know for for a single parent it's still a lot so um yeah it was um it was good to have somebody in my life always telling me that that was important that's great that's great because Back in India in those days when we were in 1980s, uh, when I was born, um, you know, girls were only made to be taught or educated because they could get better grooms or they could be married to uh, highly educated uh, <laughs> males in the industry. So uh, I was just thinking whether this was something uh, in the region in where you were brought up, like was it mandatory for you to get educated because you could move into a career or was it because you wanted, you know, your parents wanted to have you a better match? Oh, no, the reason was because they just wanted to have a better future. Uh, you know, my mom, it's a single parent and and i was raised you know watching a woman doing everything so i don't think that was the reason um and also many of the the kids in my country they don't get um higher education they barely finish high school so depending on where you're raised or where where you are located in my country um but it was um yeah but it it, it was something important for like everybody in my family holds a college degree and masters and my uncles my aunts so i i grew um, believing that education will be very very important for me in life that's nice and so while you completed your education what was your first job like what 
well, my job? My first big one. Okay, yeah, that was um, during college. And I work as a computer lab assistant. I was the only woman on the team, but that never stopped me to do my job. Um, a funny story about those days was one day that uh, we had to move several computers and set them up in the network. My colleagues make a joke that it will take me all day to move those computers. But instead, I went to the com uh, a computer science class and I asked yeah. the teacher for three volunteers on the junior class. And of course, I give them a lesson, you know, that um, we, we can also think out of the box. Nice. Yeah, so that was, was my first job. <laughs> so was this the first one in technology or did you have after this uh, as you were um, in uh, working as a computer assist assistant, did you move to another job wherein it was more of tech tech sort of role? That was my first job in technology. And then after I finished college, um, there is... Um, little opportunities um so it was really hard to grab another job on technology i had to move to panama and i worked for a bank uh, as a system requirement analyst um but and then i came back because of family reasons i came back to nicaragua and then it was the same thing again for some reason it was really hard for me to find a job even with the experience that i was holding and i don't want to blame the system or anything but i think it might have to do with the fact that i was a woman you know it's uh it's a little bit harder and i remember like there were requirements about that you had to hold a 60 pounds computer um to apply to the job and seems that i don't fit here yeah it's yeah so um in panama when you were working as a systems analyst was it easier for you to transition from your role in Nicaragua, the place of your birth, to where you moved on? Was it easier? Was it was the place welcoming of your culture, of your upbringing? Well, I think that one of the things that helped me a lot is that I am naive sometimes. So everybody was telling me um, that it will be really difficult, that I didn't know anyone. And I started working on the bank in another role that it has to do nothing with technology. And then once I was inside, I heard that there was an opening for a technology role and I apply and, and I got the job. So I, I did an internal transition. Um, and it's funny because that was my ultimate goal just to get a job <laughs> on, on, on what I study for. Right. And so it comes, um, to the question that what do you do now and where do you live right now is it Nicaragua or is it somewhere else that you've moved yeah I live right now in San Diego we moved here three years ago due to civil unrest in my country um, for me and my family leaving everything behind and, trans and transitioning was very difficult for all of us um, I remember that as soon as I got my visa I started working for Christine uh, and I was working as a nanny. And I remember that she introduced me to the world of cybersecurity. And I work for Folio, a cloud-based property management software company, and I am a security analyst. 
Nice. So that's that's great. So while you were transitioning and moving from one place to another, what was the biggest challenge that you felt, you know, transitioning places, trans- moving to places and transitioning into a career where, you know, you were almost new? What were the few challenges that you faced? Well, um, first, I didn't know that there was an opportunity for me on this field, uh, mainly because my college degree is not accredited so I thought it will be impossible you know and then I met Christine we are now friends and she's very important in my life and I don't know what happened or why she sat with me that day in her couch to talk about cybersecurity, you know but um, it changed my life and one of the biggest fears that I had during the process is the uncertainty because you do a lot of effort and it's a lot of commitment and getting the certifications and doing all this um, work just to put your foot in the door and not knowing if it's going to ever happen. It's, it's hard. Sometimes it, it can, it can, you know, you need, um, you need a lot of support sometimes because it, keeping you with your head up, is not always easy when you don't know where you're going. Yeah, no, that's right. And I can definitely relate to it because me, myself, as an immigrant coming from India to New Zealand and not knowing anyone, um, hardly knew cybersecurity is a field. And then getting into cybersecurity, you know, learning by myself, I could definitely hear you, your pain that, you know, I'm studying and I'm putting so much of effort. I'm sacrificing so, so many hours and uh, whether I'll be able to get my foot in the door or not, whether I'll be getting you know, people will allow me to enter this job market or not um, after I'm putting so much of effort. So I really accredit, you know, women who are taking the first step or anyone, not not just women, but anyone who is coming out of their comfort zones and trying to achieve something, not knowing whether they'll be able to find that destination or not. Um, so very well done on that. And finally, you are in cybersecurity. So it warms my heart to see that. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, what is the most toughest part of your role now? Do you think there's any challenges that you face in your uh, day-to-day operations? With your um, role? Yeah, right now, one of the most difficult uh, parts of the roles is um, we as, as, as cybersecurity professionals, we are exposed to, you know, endless tools and we have to learn them and we have to do it fast, yes. you know, and deliver results. So it's, it is really challenging because, you know, technology is changing every day. So we had to be, basically you had to study all your life and you had to be okay with that. And that, don't get me wrong, I really love studying, but it doesn't make that it is easy. Yes. Um, and especially when you're a mom, um, it becomes more difficult as well to juggle between self-studying, to juggle between your home life, your work life, <laughs> and you your your own life basically because we we women don't actually look look after ourselves that 
that better because we have so much going on around so many so many responsibilities that we have so i feel i feel definitely that uh, we all may always um, keep ourselves um bottom down on the list of priorities and keep <laughs> others at the top so uh, we need to change that um but yeah we'll get there for sure <laughs> sometime we will get a chance to go back in time and say no and we need to look after ourselves and i'm working on it at the moment let's see uh, i'm sure we all are doing christine and jessly you all are doing your best to give yourself <laughs> to prioritize yourself but we'll get there so uh, if you if you would have to go back in time jessly what would you likely to be or become do you think that you could be something else apart from a cyber security uh, professional um sure as or not you know uh, i love this question because when i look back um i was lost career wise and i wanted to work in technology all my life but there were few opportunities in my country and i mentioned before because you're a woman but when i moved to the us i knew i wanted to work in technology and i explore um user experience design spurt but yeah. it was nothing and then when i heard about cybersecurity and did my research i don't know it, it was like a call i felt so passionate about it and now that i work in the field um i know for sure that i wouldn't change anything i will do it everything again the certifications and the uncertainty and everything it was totally worth it Oh that's awesome man. Um I feel so good when you know we as cybersecurity professionals are so passionate about their jobs like it's the first field and the only field where I have seen professionals going so um you know into the field and saying that we are passionate about this role we would never leave cybersecurity because there's so many domains uh, that we could go into there's just not one path that you could stay you can take different versions different directions into cybersecurity cybersecurity so that's amazing so um coming back to cybersecurity or your transition into cybersecurity if you could talk to us a little bit more about what was this transition looked like um did you join any programs and while christine was helping you get started into cybersecurity um whom did you get in touch how did you get started yeah uh well the first thing was um the day i sat with her and she start talking about certifications and when she hold and also another good factor during this process is that i get to watch her every day being a professional and being a mom you know and 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 that gives you this sense that okay if she can do it i can do it this is possible it is doable it is not easy right um but she did it and so when once she mentioned all this Uh, thanks to me i started doing my research as i mentioned before and i joined uh wisis that is women's in cybersecurity uh back in 2021 they did the first no 2020 they did the first um cybersecurity uh competition and it was on a scholarship i i uh, participated and i didn't know any i didn't know anything about cyber cybersecurity yet i got to the top 30% of the 
um, contestants out of, I think at the beginning where we were close to a thousand women. And and I never expected to get there. And I was like, every phase that they were, uh, you know, eliminating people, I was like, I'm going on that. <laughs> I'm going to get eliminated. But I was, I kept surprising myself and I kept pushing forward. I didn't get it. But then I decided that I that I was ready to start then, you know, pursuing certifications um, uh, by myself. Yeah. And that's what I did. So 18 months later, um, I got a mentor that was Cheeto. And I got four cybersecurity certifications. And then um, I landed my dream job. So, yeah. I did all that during the pandemic, during work and family. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Living and Breathing Technology Podcast with Amina Agarval. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.